G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. A growing number of Christian leaders believe that the rise of anti-Christian sentiments in our Western societies has become a serious concern. And with the upcoming federal election on the 18th of May, those freedoms that we have come to know and love may be at a crossroads. Well, in this past half hour, we heard the thoughts of Graham Preston, who was one of those whose appeal the High Court ruled against just recently over the so-called bubble zone laws. That's a freedom of speech issue. You may have heard news about the churches in France being attacked and vandalised. Now, that's vandals and arsonists who were targeting French churches for more than two months before the fire at Notre Dame Cathedral. And there's even some doubt as to the cause of that fire incident in France. Sydney's Catholic Archbishop Anthony Fisher believes the church is in some ways under siege. Now, it may be just another illustration of the changing allegiances that people in the Western world have towards Christianity. So how do we as Christians prepare uh, to reclaim or is our resilience strong enough uh, to Uh, continue in this ever more secular society. Well, we're going to have these sorts of conversations around issues today that you might like to participate in. Our special guest through the coming hour, Professor Augusto Zimmerman, who's head of law at Sheridan College in Perth. He is Professor of Law Adjunct at the University of Notre Dame, Australia, School of Law in Sydney. He's President of the West Australian Legal Theory Association and Editor-in-Chief of the West Australian Jurist. And uh, Augusto Zimmerman, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. Augusto, lots of things to talk about, but let's start just with the general idea that there is rising anti-Christian sentiment throughout the world, uh, and it's also here in Australia. What are your thoughts on the rise of anti-Christian sentiments at this time? Well, look, uh, there's no doubt that uh, every day, uh, millions of Christians around the world are being persecuted for their faith. They are being intimidated, abused, in fear of their lives because of their commitment to Christ. Uh, the Pew Research Center, a very respected uh, institution, has analyzed uh, the state of religious freedom in about 200 countries and, and regions around the world. And the research has uh, the Pew Research has reported that uh, Christians are indeed uh, the most persecuted uh, religious group in the world today. You just need to open the newspapers uh, and you see uh, what is happening with uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ uh, all over the world, and not only in non-Western countries, but also in Western countries where, for instance, in France, 
churches are being attacked uh, on a daily basis. And not only churches being set fire, but even priests being killed, even uh, when they are celebrating the religious service. Well, we can't go past, of course, the dreadful atrocity of what's happened on Easter Sunday in Sri Lanka is another illustration of that. But uh, you're reflecting on France, uh, and you're saying it's been much more serious there than any of the headlines we've seen here might indicate. Uh, so this growing anti-Christian sentiment, uh, and clearly not just in Western nations, because uh, there in Sri Lanka the sentiment overflows with a dreadful terrorist atrocity on the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that research uh, centre uh, reveals that uh, uh, 11 Christians uh, are killed every hour. Uh, because of their faith. And uh, the last week alone, we have seen attacks on churches in Nigeria, the Philippines, uh, Egypt, Somalia, you name it. And uh, the media doesn't report it as much as it would report if these attacks were uh, on other people of other religions. Uh, but it's probably because it doesn't fit the narrative that Christianity is not a religion to be necessarily respected and celebrated, given the fact that uh, uh, religion is so much associated with uh, values and traditions which are derived from uh, the Western civilization uh, aspect of our society. Uh, so it's a very terrible thing what's happening. And this rise of anti-Christian sentiment is also occurring in the West. Uh, Notre Dame uh, is a good example, because as soon as uh, we were told about the fire at Notre Dame, uh, the authorities uh, rushed to say that it was just an accident, uh, when it was not possible to be able, uh, the authorities to be entirely able to ascertain whether this had been an accident or not, uh, it would probably not be an accident because, because more than 800 churches have been attacked in France just, just in 2018 alone. Mm. So the, the chances given to the fact that 800 churches had been attacked in a similar fashion is that this was an accident, not just an accident, but it was a deliberate act and it was almost certainly uh, provoked by radical Muslims. Well, there might be some more to say in talking about the situation as that's developed in France. But let's talk just briefly here about uh, the breaking news really just overnight. ISIS claimed responsibility for the attack in Sri Lanka. And then there's the news that comes out of Sri Lanka that connects the motive for the attack to the Christchurch attack, labelling the Christchurch attack as some sort of Christian attack on Muslims. And you and I had a conversation shortly after the Christchurch experience that uh, certainly uh, separated the gunman there from the idea of him being Christian at all. But this is this is related, uh, Augusto, when the attacks are blamed on Christians, uh, and yet that's not a Christian connection at all. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the um, attacker made it the point very clear that he despised conservative values, which are 
naturally associated with um, Christian values. And he basically manifested his uh, repose uh, for Christian principles and Christianity in general, as much as as he would despise the religion of Islam. So it is really uh, an excuse to be attacking Christianity. And these uh, radical Muslims are just using this as a pretext to continue their war on Christianity. Ult- ultimately, what they want is to make these uh, cowardly politicians to be um, not able to acknowledge our Christian heritage. Uh, you see President Obama despicably uh, calling the, those who died uh, in Sri Lanka as Easter worshippers rather than Christians murdered by Muslim terrorists. Uh, he would not be able to utter the word Christians, and not, neither he would use the word Muslims to describe uh, the incident, the terrorist attack. Uh, on uh, innocent people in Sri Lanka. Then Hillary Clinton basically decided to do the same and many others. Uh, it's just absolutely repulsive and despicable when the, the victims cannot even be identified as Christians because of out, uh, out perhaps of the uh, understanding that it would be inappropriate. You must also understand the issues when it comes to reporting of these things, I guess. When you try to separate an attack from being against Christians so that you don't build fear in a Christian community, and yet somehow or other journalists who refuse to use the name Christian or refuse to name the uh, the perpetrators as Islamic uh, somehow or other are withholding the truth uh, from those who are hearing and reading the headlines. Uh, there's an yeah. issue there, isn't there, as to the media's integrity when it comes to these issues of freedom? Well, that, that's really a disturbing development, uh, given that this term, uh, Eastern worshippers, uh, is a rather strange term. It almost uh, gives the impression that they was practicing some sort of cult, when uh, they were just uh, Christians uh, attending a church service on an Easter Sunday. Um, that's, that's, to me, uh, a sign that um, Christianity is embarrassing to them. They do not admit our Christian uh, roots and foundations, and uh, they also refuse to accept that Christians are being singled, singled out, I would say, uh, for killings by these Muslim terrorists. It would be perhaps not uh, fitting the leftist uh, radical narrative that tends to always uh, uh, blame the Christians for whatever it happens in the world. Augusto, you say Christianity is embarrassing to those media outlets that would refuse to use the word Christian or even to name Islam as the perpetrator of the dreadful uh, atrocity. This is important because politicians also seem to be embarrassed by Christianity or embarrassed to somehow or other look like they are being foolish if they come out and actually say that they are aligned with Christianity. This has major impact possibilities and with an election coming up we might hope that politicians might not be embarrassed about our Christian heritage because it's given us all of these freedoms that we enjoy. But this issue around politicians and embarrassment, what are your thoughts? 
I, for, uh, my understanding is that they should know history much, much better uh, because some of our leading uh, politicians in, in, in history, including the likes of Robert Menzies, were not embarrassed to proclaim their allegiance to uh, Christianity. Uh, in many of these statements by Robert Menzies, he would acknowledge this uh, uh, country as a Christian nation, and he would also say that uh, Christianity brought about the blessings of tolerance, diversity, pluralism, and many other important human rights traditions that we so much cherish in this country. Uh, think about the American Founding Fathers, for instance, when they declared that uh, uh, we are endowed by God with inalienable rights, and among these rights are the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and they meant by this the right to acquire property, amongst many other rights. But these are all intrinsically derived from Christianity because the founders of the common law, as I have, to explain, uh, have explained in my books, they were uh, certainly very committed Christians, and they were as much theologians as they were jurists. And they would actually say that the most fundamental principles, and I'm talking about the likes of Blackstone, Bracton, Cook, uh, and you name it, uh, all the, the greatest common lawyers in our history, would say that an attack on Christianity amounts to an attack on the common law itself and our legal system, which is entirely based on Christian principles. So an attack on Christianity amounts to an attack on our legal system itself. Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Talking about religious freedom at the crossroads, our special guest this hour, Professor Augusto Zimmerman, who's head of law at Sheridan College in Perth and Professor of Law Adjunct at the University of Notre Dame Australia School of Law in Sydney. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Leave a note too on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Augusto, let's take a call. Bill is on the line from Ararat in Victoria. Hello, Bill. Welcome. Yeah, brother. Thanks for having me on. Um, Now, I listened to Graham Preston before. Yeah. And I listened to our brother Zinnerman there. And... uh, I cannot understand when I think Graham would agree that when he got uh, jailed back then for making that stand uh, about eight years ago, seven years later, 4,000 of us got to Parliament House in Brisbane there, and not one of us got arrested, but the same message, abortion is murder, right? And it's got to make me wonder, how come the Christians weren't there the eight years before, seven years before, you see, And I realise what the problem is in this country because we used to have God's ministers ruling, like the Bible said earlier on, and that's why abortion was against the law. That's why we had all the freedoms that we had, and like our brother said, is to get rid of Christianity, virtually got rid of our common law. And I can't understand why we have the teaching on salvation from Genesis to Revelation in the Bible, the spiritual freedom, but when it comes down to the physical freedom, there's no teaching from Genesis to Revelation on the physical freedom, and yet Jesus said, who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. Now, if Jesus said that, like he said, you must be born again, are we going to call Jesus a liar on this one? Because what I've just quoted, you don't hear in the church. I've heard it in the church quoted in my life, and yet I've had to vote. And basically what's in the church is, 
We've been around to see the things of season under God, the things that are God. We're to appeal them. Bill, you're cutting out a little bit there and making a lot of common sense. You're making yeah. a very good point mm-hmm. about uh, our Christianity and sometimes we're happy to have some level of spiritual freedom but yes. not ready to take up this idea of dominion or a cultural mandate that we might even pick up from an understanding of even the earliest chapters of Genesis. Uh, let's get a thought or two. Augusto Zimmerman, on the, some of the thoughts that Bill is sharing, what are your thoughts? I think Bill had made uh, excellent uh, comments. Um, I have uh, <clears throat> visited recently Melbourne, where I had the privilege of attending a church by um, a minister called uh, uh, Steve Chucolante, and he has a whole series on justice that uh, impressed me very deeply because that's not the sort of message that we receive uh, from the pulpit. Normally, when you go to the church, it's just about Jesus loving you, and he's like almost like a hippie Christianity. But uh, he tells tells us in, in his message that God is a God of justice as well. God is a God of righteousness and justice. And, of course, secularists are trying to uh, turn the idea of separation of church and state into separation of beliefs and state, which is a... a profound mistake because it's confusing the autonomy to be exercised by the churches with the right of every believer to participate in political life. Christ commanded us to be salt and light in this world. And this means that Christians have the moral duty to serve God and others in the human, uh, you know, in every sphere of life, including law and politics. Uh, Christ said, for instance, that if the salt loses its saltness, it's worth of nothing. It's worthless. Uh, so can you imagine how the world would be and how unjust the world would be if the Christians had not fulfilled the commission that was given by Christ, they, if they had decided to privatize their lives and to make no impact on the life of the others and the life, the life of the communities? So think about, for instance, a person like William Wilberforce, who became a voice of the anti-slavery movement in 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 uh, the UK. By the way, talking about this uh, fact, he decided to stay in politics when he became a Christian because Joe Newton, uh, who was a priest and the, the author of that uh, famous hymn, Amazing Grace, told him that perhaps God had placed him in Parliament for a time such as this and told him to be courageous and develop a relationship with God and not be embarrassed and afraid of the beliefs. He was not just attending church or perhaps calling the media to be seen uh, uh, worshipping God, but he was applying Christian principles and biblical worldview in whatever he did uh, in Parliament. As a a result of his uh, boldness, he was able to really shake the foundations of his society and ultimately uh, introduce a bill that set slaves free uh, in the, uh, the colonies uh, uh, owned by the, the United Kingdom. So we have to bear in mind that this is a precedent that we should follow as contemporary Christians. 
Thank you so much to Bill from Ararat in Victoria for your call. Our talkback line remains open on 1-800-316-316. You can also leave a note on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Augusto, you've got a conference that you are coordinating in Western Australia. It's going to be on in Perth. It's called the Religious Freedom at the Crossroads Conference, the Rise of Anti-Christian Sentiment in the West. It's uh, set down for the 14th and 15th of June, so still a little way off yet. Uh, But you've got a who's who of distinguished speakers. You've got a keynote speaker coming from the US, Professor William Wagner of Western Michigan University, who's going to be your keynote speaker. And you're getting opposition to this conference because it is a conference talking about religious freedom and Christianity. Give us some little insights here into the sorts of opposition you're you're facing. Yes, uh, well, uh, as I mentioned every day, millions of Christians around the world are persecuted for their faith, but uh, this conference is also addressing the increasing uh, intolerance of Christians uh, in our Western societies. So basically the, the purpose of the conference is to be uh, explaining uh, why Christianity has been pushed out of public life in countries such as Australia, UK, America, etc. Uh, I think it's time for Christians to be more um, uh, bold and courageous and stand to reclaim their rightful place in our society. And that's the idea of the conference, also to address the levels of increasing levels of persecutions of Christians, uh, and not only uh, overseas, but even uh, happening here in Australia. So these will be the issues uh, to be addressed in this conference. Uh, it's called Religious Freedom at the Crossroads, uh, and uh, the subtitle of the conference is The Rise of Anti-Christian Sentiment in the West. It's a very uh, timely conference. It's going to be held here at Sheridan College uh, from 14th to 15th of June. Uh, what amazes me is that when I post this information on Facebook, uh, Facebook uh, censored my conference, saying that it violates community standards so that no one else could see it apart from me. So Facebook has decided to arbitrarily censor this important event even though the list of speakers, as you say, uh, Neil, are the finest legal minds in this country. I got a, a, a collection of uh, outstanding lawyers and outstanding barristers and legal academics who are going to join us in this uh, important event. And we intend to publish the, the, the proceedings of the conference in a prestigious law journal, the Western Australian Jurist. It's a blind, peer-reviewed academic publication of the Western Australian Legal Theory Association. Uh, But regardless of all these and having an outstanding, distinguished professor emeritus of law uh, from the United States and other many legal minds, Facebook dared to censor the event, which actually, I think, proves my point. So, when Facebook arbitrarily... Augusto, we're going to go to yeah. news in just a few moments, but uh, we'll come back and we'll hopefully we'll pick up this thread after the news, but Facebook is censoring a significant legal uh, conference. And just before the news, uh, Augusto, uh, you mentioned that uh, that Facebook 
has censored the conference being discussed online. Uh, this is clearly an, an indicator that this censorship is increasing. It's, uh, there's more and more cases of this sort of thing happening. Uh, absolutely. Uh, despite, despite all these uh, uh, distinguished speakers and, and moderators, uh, and I can even give the names, Facebook has decided to censor our conference. And uh, it refuses to allow anyone to post information about this conference. Uh, it claims that our conference has somehow violated uh, community standards. Uh, of course, after receiving uh, many uh, complaints, including letters from lawyers, I even got uh, members of the legal profession, my colleagues in the legal profession, asking if I should sue uh, Facebook they miraculously restored uh, the information. But um, it's really an appalling uh, instance of censorship. A professor, a friend of mine, a law professor, tried to announce the conference on his Facebook, and the announcement was simply rejected. It came with that uh, notorious statement that um, it violates community standards. But he was not the only one facing the censorship of a religious freedom conference. Other uh, eminent professors and, and speakers have posted information that had been uh, removed from Facebook. We even have a friend of ours, uh, Bill Muhlenberg, who is now in Facebook jail. Uh, he is 30 days without being able to return to Facebook. Uh, that's really appalling. Uh, Facebook has a track record of censoring Christians. And not the first time that Bill Muhlenberg has faced uh, Facebook jail, as you say. Yeah. Uh, the idea of the censorship uh, manipulation here, uh, let's even bring in uh, briefly, before we take some calls, uh, the Israel Folau case. Uh, where there's, uh, you know, allegedly some manipulation there of the whole sport of rugby union by the morality of the sponsors. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Israel Folau case? Uh, because that's a similar sort of uh, censorship there, isn't it? Indeed, but I, I just wonder whether these, all this censoring and removing of uh, Christian content by social media might not have been aggravated by the recent announcement by the Morrison government that Australia would become the first country, the first in the whole world, to introduce jail, jail terms and multi-million dollar fights uh, for social media giants such as Facebook if they uh, refuse to quickly remove so-called uh, extremist material on social media. Of course, uh, as we know, uh, many uh, radical left-wingers, in order to confuse people, we refer to uh, moderates in the Christian uh, camp as being um, extremists. That's because they want to shift the, the pendulum further to the extreme left. So these extreme leftists, they tend to, in order to confuse the, the, the public, to uh, call Christians as right-wing extremists. And that's why what Morrison did uh, by accusing the terrorists as uh, conservative right-wing extremists was so unacceptable, because perhaps that was what, how the 
Islamic terrorists are now capitalizing on that statement in order to put the blame on so-called right-wing extremists. And as you know, the left tends to call uh, Bible-based Christians in such a disparaging manner. Yes, there are ramifications for decisions that are made at every level. And uh, if you can classify Christians as right-wing extremists, uh, then uh, you can then uh, manipulate and censor the things that Christians are saying, even though Christians are far from uh, exactly. any sort of idea or even alignment with any sort of extremism at all. Exactly. Uh, we're, t- we're taking calls. Uh, let's take some more. Uh, 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation. Uh, let's take a call. Uh, Zoran in Redcliffe in Queensland has been waiting patiently. Zoran, welcome along. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Augusta. Before good I morning. say bless this, bless this house of speech. The, 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 the thing is, is the, the, what you, what you're saying is, is true and correct. But if, if we stand against all the falseness that's happening in the world and we agree to these million dollar social media companies, we are then bowing ourselves down to something that is not of God. I know how it hurts mm. when when such things are put on, especially about the Lord Jesus Christ, and they are manipulated, and they become manipulated through other media. They become manipulated through sport. They become manipulated all vastness, especially in the Western countries where Christianity is thriving immensely. But if we take ourselves back, uh, especially what um, Bill was saying from Ararat before, if we take ourselves back and we, t- we go back to where the parable of Jesus was speaking, and then we move ourselves forward to where he spoke about in the synagogue with uh, a, a vast minority of people and spoke about, you know, these things will happen, these things have happened, but he is, I am I. And then when we go forward now as we've just passed Easter, and now Christ in the Bible ascended. So our, our, our main focus is Jesus is coming. If, if, if we bow ourselves down, you'd know this because you're... you're Soren, you're we'll, cut, we'll cut you short there because there's uh, some things there to, to talk about. I'll get a response from Augusto to some of those things you're sharing. Uh, I think um, he is right. And certainly we have to proclaim the message of the gospel. But uh, as soon as we do so, we will get uh, attacked even by unexpected sources. As, uh, as you know, uh, 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 that's exactly what happened with that rugby player we referred to Falau, this uh, Israel Falau rugby player. Uh, as soon as he made comments on homosexuality in the Bible, he was uh, uh, he paid a very heavy price for that. As soon as he tried to be making a statement based on a passage in the Bible, he was severely punished. And and uh, the punishment goes in line with the demands of uh, CEO of Qantas. Uh, he has a notorious uh, track record of persecuting people who ha- dare to disagree. Uh, from his uh, um, agenda. And uh, so if you do the right thing, if you try to be a committed Christian, you must be prepared to be demonized, ostracized, punished, and banished. And perhaps this is indeed the sign of the times. 
uh, what happened with Falao can happen with anybody else. And it was disappointing, I must say, that uh, the Prime Minister made that comment saying that uh, his statements were unacceptable and it were, they were insensitive and not proper. I must say that this would not be the best approach for a Christian to take because it's important to understand that uh, Christians have convictions and these convictions are important, and we would expect that brothers and sisters in Christ would support you when you decide to be engaged in the uh, public arena. The point, of course, is that perhaps his uh, way to phrase the statement could be different, but that doesn't mean it was unacceptable. Thank you so much to Zoran in Redcliffe and just illustrating this idea that, I guess, Augusto, that uh, if you don't have convictions, if you are just a Christian with opinions, uh, then you actually come across looking very wishy-washy and uh, people will steamroll over you every time. Uh, Let's take another call. Robin is on the line from Mount Morgan in Queensland. Hi, Robin. Welcome. Yes, hello. Um, I'm very much reminded of um, the committed Christians in Nazi Germany, you know, just prior to the rise of Hitler and um, and just the increasing uh, anxiety, you know, with with them, um, especially these army guys. I, I've, I've studied more about them and how they agonised over these um, trends in society, and more and more taken over by you know bigger control, like the the government and the media and whatever. We're in the same boat, and I, I sort of feel like, uh, well, part of the reason is uh, a complacent church generally, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the cycles of history, uh, including biblical history, it's it's the same stories, but I, I sort of feel like, well, I'm hoping that we can fight back, but, you know, in another way, I sort of think the horse has already bolted. And Robin, good thoughts guys. there. Let's pick up on this idea of the cycles of history, and as Robin's reflecting on uh, the rise of authoritarian power in the past, and what Christians have done, there are cycles to reflect on. Uh, your thoughts for Robin Augusto? Uh, it, there is no doubt that Australians, Australian Christians, are very uh, uh, afraid of talking about Christianity in public life because they know that uh, no matter how sensibly they present their argument, it could be, in a way, presented in a way that is very even academic. And uh, well, the point is that conservative Christians are unpopular with the mainstream media. The point is that um, after all these years of, of uh, the so-called uh, long march through the institutions, uh, the ABC, Fairfax, they tend to present uh, um, a rather anti-Christian perspective. And what happens here is that people like even former prime ministers and I would refer to John Howard, for instance, uh, he was often accused of being, uh, trying to create a a theocracy just because he was identifying this country with traditional Christian values, and he was uh, regretting the fact that we have a decline of Christianity in Australia. That has caused the rise in criminality, in uh, dysfunctional behavior, and even marriage breakdown. So we had people who uh, accused him of being endangering the freedoms of this country. And as a matter of fact, he was upholding the values that led this co- to this country, uh, gave this country the levels of freedom 
and human rights in general that is so envied by uh, other peoples in uh, in the world. So Tony Abbott is another example because he was accused also of trying to create a theocracy just because some of members in his cabinet happened to be Christians. Uh, by the way, he had far more Christians in his cabinet than the current prime minister has in his, uh, including Scott Morrison, was a member in his cabinet. Okay, thank you so much to Robin from Mount Morgan. 1-800-316-316, taking calls. Let's hear from John in Brisbane. Hello, John, welcome along. Yeah, hi, I was just uh, listening in on some of the calls and um, I I caught uh, part of the call about Falau. Uh, My last name is Falau. And I've been talking to a couple of guys and we're actually interceding for Israel. Uh, Israel Falau, the footy player that was... um, uh, we all know what what happened with his post, and and I thought it was interesting when I was talking to one of my prayer partners that in Matthew ten thirty four Jesus comes and he says, "Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the world, but a sword." And I and I just really felt that what Israel's post is, and and what people who have this level of platform in society, in sport, in media, or whatever mountain that they stand on, that that the world will always reject because they have an anti-Christ spirit. They will always reject what we as Christians um, embrace and what we stand for because we have the Spirit of God. And we all understand that unless you have the Spirit of God, the cross is foolishness. And so I think um, the things that we are facing today as Christians is really bringing some of us who have been sitting on the fence to a place where we must make up our mind. Are we fully in? Do we really believe the gospel? Or are we just going to continue to stay complacent? Are we continue to compromise our faith? Are we going to continue to just be, you know, mediocre and lukewarm? I really believe that we're coming. The Lord is pushing His people to come into a place to say, "Choose you. Who will you serve today?" As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I believe that this is the cry for many in the body of Christ that 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 have been lukewarm, and and you know, we don't condemn. The, the religious people, we don't, we don't condemn them. We believe... John, love your passion. Them. Your passion is fabulous. And uh, I didn't want to cut you short. Uh, but uh, yeah. a thought or two from Augusto here, because uh, John's right. Uh, you've got to be prepared for a little bit of a backlash, because this idea of speaking truth, it is bringing a sword. It is going to be something that is going to get the hackles up on uh, others who disagree with you. But somehow or other, you've got to have the resilience You've got to have the conviction. You've got to have the courage to speak truth in love. Your thoughts, Augusto? Absolutely. And uh, I love I loved his passion. I think uh, we need to have more people like him uh, uh, having this uh, love for Jesus. And uh, I must say that this is the sign that he is really indeed a follower of Christ. And he's trying to exercise the great command, which is to be... Uh, bringing the good news to the world. Um, unfortunately, what we have in this country is that uh, some people, as he says, uh, oppose Christianity. And, and he refers to, he uses the term anti-Christian spirit. Um, it's a very interesting thing what he's saying, because uh, Qantas, as you know, is signing contracts with nations where homosexuals and women are being treated uh, despicably. Uh, they are being condemned to death, some of them. And uh, yet, uh, 
this uh, CEO of Qantas is prepared to sign contracts with these countries. At the same time, he's punishing an Australian Christian who just wants to express his opinion, and then he's exercising the suppression of free speech. Uh, this whole incident, in mean, my opinion, is indicating the very terrible situation of free speech in this country. And I find it regrettable that we have a, a government that hasn't repealed Section 18C as yet. Uh, what has happened to Falau actually contrasts very strongly with the level of intolerance that is displayed by these um, activists and, uh, in companies and also leftist groups. Uh, I think it reflects the danger of speaking up about uh, Jesus and about the truth of the gospel. And if you wish to know more about that, this topic will be actually addressed in our conference by a leading labor lawyer. His name is Steve Heathcote, and he will be addressing the follow issue in our Rise of Anti-Christian Sentiment Conference in June. Okay. Thank you so much to John in Brisbane, and I'll have to put a line under those calls. Thanks to everyone who has called in and participated in our conversation this hour. And uh, for those that didn't get a chance to have you say today, we'll be talking some more about uh, these freedoms, of course, in the weeks ahead. Coming back to this conference uh, just briefly, it is on at Sheridan College, Perth, WA, 14th and 15th of June, you've got a keynote speaker coming from the US, Professor William Wagner uh, from Western Michigan University. And, uh, of course, uh, there's a who's who of the brightest legal minds in the country, as well as those bright political minds who will also be speaking about all of the different uh, dimensions of these issues of religious freedom being at a crossroads, the rise of anti-Christian sentiment in the West. Now, Augusto, is this just for legal academics to go to? Can ordinary people uh, go and uh, get a, a seat in this conference? Uh, certainly, they are most most invited, mostly invited, because uh, we have uh, uh, an open policy here that everyone can attend this event. I think it would be good to have uh, uh, people interested, especially Christian uh, leaders should be uh, attending this event, because, as I mentioned, uh, this includes not only some of our finest legal minds in Australia, but also our finest Christian minds in Australia. Uh, just give an example uh, of the speakers, the, of the of the uh, level of uh, our speakers. Uh, Martin Isles, uh, the managing director of the Australian Christian Lobby, is one of our speakers. Uh, Ashley Saunders, uh, the CEO of Barnabas Fund Australia, is going to be also another speaker. John Steinhoff, managing director of the Human Rights Law Alliance, a group that is formed to protect. The Legal Rights of Christians is also going to be uh, a speaker. We have here in Western Australia the founder and CEO of the Southern Justice Group, a group that is also very much engaged in the protection of uh, Christians uh, who are the victims of unfair uh, legal uh, vilification. Uh, we have Darren South to be addressing this topic. Chris Christopher Brohier, a very famous uh, barrister in South Australia, is another speaker, Tim Howling, uh, uh, and many others. It's really an amazing event, and it's going to be addressing the most important topics you know, that need to be addressed by uh, Christians who are really concerned about the state of religious freedom in the West.
And okay. uh, of course, the keynote speaker is William Wagner, who is an internationally recognized expert in constitutional law and good government, and he's going to address the important topic of how judicial activism can actually con also contribute to the undermining of our Christian uh, freedoms in this country. Well, we might hope and expect that legal academics and those who are on the political edge there will be not holding back and will be talking through those issues of where we're at with religious freedom and, of course, the challenges as to how you reform a level of religious freedom in Australia that seems to be very quickly being lost. Let me point people to, I think, the website for people to get more detail and uh, Augusta, you can correct me here, but it's the Sheridan College website, sheridan.edu.au, for detail about that conference that's coming up on the 14th and 15th of June. Is there is that the place where people would register to go? Indeed. They can visit this website at Sheridan College where you'll be able to obtain the relevant information and also the website of the Western Australian Legal Theory Association, www.water.net.au. But that's just an alternative option. You should perhaps uh, go first to the website of Sheridan College. And I forgot to refer to the moderators. Some are also leading politicians in this country, and you just need to visit the website to know that some of our best politicians in this country will be conference moderators. Okay, no doubt we'll be talking about that conference as it draws closer to it is a significant conference that's coming up. Uh, Augusto Zimmerman, uh, Head of Law at Sheridan College in Perth, uh, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us, an important issue and uh, one we've not heard the last of. Plenty more to talk about, but thank you for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you so much. No, it's a great privilege and an honour to be talking to you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.